0: What's up, guys? What's up?
1: So, a little bit about ourselves: we are sophomores here at the University of Georgia. Um, this has been a long time coming. We've kind of talked about doing a podcast together. Yeah, We're all Grady students here, at Georgia, so this is kind of like a, you know, little hobby of ours. Um, so, yeah, we also got uh, Blake Morgan coming on the show, uh, co-hosting with us. Uh, I mean, that dude knows so much about Georgia football; it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. What do y'all? What do y'all think?
2: Uh, I would I would describe Blake as being as close to the Georgia basketball program as possible without actually being considered an insider. He seems like he knows everything before um, he seems like he knows everything before even insiders do. Sometimes I don't I don't know how he does it, but he's he's he knows his stuff.
1: Today we're going to be talking a little bit about college football, uh, a little men's basketball, Georgia basketball in particular. Um, just some major stuff that's happening college basketball. A little bit of MLB off season, or lack thereof. Yeah. And we're gonna go into a little soccer. A little, little soccer. Something actually
0: there. exciting, considering this MLB off season has been nothing. Yeah.
1: Gonna have to have y'all. A little talking soccer. I'm not sure I know much about soccer yet, but let's jump right into it. Let's talk about a little a little college football and something I think that has been kind of overlooked this off season is the whole Clemson PED scandal. <laughs> Um, if something like that can even be yeah, overlooked. I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like that kind of popped up and people were like, oh, wow, Clemson players are taking steroids. Oh, Dabo, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Look at yeah. that face. His, his players is, couldn't pop yeah. steroids.
2: The thing is, is Dabo is probably one of the most likable coaches in college football. So the media is picking this up. And yeah, they have to report it. But the thing is, if it was like, if it was a hated College football coach like an easy target, it would be a lot widely reported and investigated. But as of right now, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know if anything can even come of this or not. I, it,
0: I don't know. What you it would think. be imagine if Lane Kiffin built an Alabama type dynasty at FAU, and his star defensive tackle was found out to be using steroids. That would be the complete opposite of the Dabo Sweeney situation because Lane Kiffin is the most easy to hate college football coach. Ah, for the media, I that, that, that there I, is. I like,
1: I'm a big Kiffin guy. I love Kiffin.
0: For the media, though, for the media. For an average fan, Lane Kiffin's awesome. But for the media, you know, coming from under Saban and kind of being cast out, the whole scandal that wasn't with him and Sabin's daughter well,
1: Joey Freshwater.
0: Yeah. Joey Freshwater. And now he's, and Lane Kiffin's bringing in all these players from Juco and, you know, players that nobody wants because they did something wrong. And the media seems to hate it.
1: Yeah. Um, also, like, I think this came out, like, not too long ago, but Davo came out and said that uh, his, the program was accidentally feeding his players steroids. Yeah. <laughs> accidentally. See, my thing is,
2: how how do you accidentally give a kid steroids? It's
1: bullshit. That's, it's absolute bullshit. Like, that's <laughs> and, not... then,
2: and then, the thing is, if you're accidentally giving these guys, guys steroids, tell me that Dexter Lawrence needs steroids to begin with. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Lawrence,
1: doesn't need, Lawrence doesn't need steroids. That kid's got God-given the talent to Oh, be a football player, but yeah. Davos Sweeney says Clemson may have accidentally provided PEDs to athletes. That's absolutely ridiculous. And did y'all see the uh, the picture of DK Metcalf today? Or he's huge. Uh,
0: he is. He's a very big man. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Is that,
0: no, that, yes, that was I, that, that was a picture that. of oh, no, Actually, Metcalf that. and his teammates or people that he just works out with, and they are all oh. shredded to the max. All six packs, huge arms. These now, guys are well, hear, loaded.
2: Hear me out on this, though. Old, old Miss does not have the greatest track record of
1: of late. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, they they vacated <laughs> thirty uh, something wins or something. But, yeah, that's that's all I'm
2: gonna say on the matter. I'm just gonna leave it.
1: Well, at I that. think I think we need to go down back down to Oxford and celebrate our win. Georgia, Georgia, go down back down to Oxford and celebrate the win, even though we got smacked a few years ago. That, I that think uh mean,
0: Hugh, Hugh Freeze and Debo Sweeney need to sit down and have a talk about what they're feeding their players. Yeah.
1: What's up? Uh,
2: well, about that about that old Miss uh Georgia game a few years back, the real winners were the ones who didn't even go to the damn exactly. game. It was probably 100 degrees in the grove, absolutely scorching all day. Everything was disgusting. Nobody wanted to be there. It was it was basically just hell. Yeah, dude.
1: Us. I think the grove is kind of overrated. I went um
2: Oh, oh, I do not like the Grove.
1: Yeah, I went. I went when Ole Miss played played uh, Bama. I think it was two, three years ago. Ole Miss played Bama, and the Grove was just absolutely packed. Like you could hardly move. It was just absolutely ridiculous.
0: It's crazy how packed a place can get for such a mediocre football team. But that, that was
1: you know? that was when they, that was when they were good.
2: They were good. They were good that year. They had a who the Swag yeah, Kelly. Yeah,
1: he was Swag Kelly or Bo Wallace.
2: Mr. Irrelevant over there, Swag Kelly. So, um, let's,
1: let's go into a little bit about college football free agency. Uh, this dude, Justin Fields, hitting the transfer portal, kind of opening up a whole new era of college football. Well, uh, free agency in college football. What do you all think about that?
2: I'm, I'm going to preface this real quick and say a lot of people on Twitter have been talking about this, but it is honestly ridiculous that Jacob Eason had to sit out for a year for going to Washington and all these kids are just getting immediate eligibility for honestly just not being good enough. And like, yeah, Jacob Eason also was technically, uh, he transferred for not being good enough, but it's honestly ridiculous. He had to sit out a year while these other players are getting immediate eligibility. And what what do you guys think about that?
0: Well, to be fair, I don't really think it hurt him though. He would want to play. Jake Browning was still there and the chances of, you know, a new guy coming into the system and taking over for a three-plus-year starter like that are very slim. I
1: mean, he could also... Right, like, very he, slim. He could also redshirt. It's not like... It's not, it's basically like he didn't even like sit out a year because of the redshirt, you know?
0: You know what my favorite redshirt. part about this Justin Fields thing is, though? You know how Tate Martell was talking all this smack and subtweeting him on Twitter, talking about, you know, if you couldn't do it at Georgia, you're not going to come here and beat me and all this stuff. And as soon as Fields gets there... Boom, there it's goes gone. Martel.
1: Yep, exactly. I mean, that's soft. Yeah, that's, big t- big
0: talk so from soft. the Bishop Gorman it's so kid.
1: Soft. It's so soft. But and then, what are you saying?
0: When,
2: when Martel goes to Miami, I, for one, think that's a weird move for him considering how poor Miami played last season. But honestly, that kid seems, it seems like he doesn't have that – Decent of a head on his shoulders. Maybe he's more about the scenery well, than about, about the football. Think about
1: think about what Miami was missing last year. They're missing a quarterback. Malik Rozier is absolutely terrible. And I watched a lot of Miami games because I like Miami and I you know I've always liked the U. I had a soft spot for the U. But what they've been missing is a quarterback. They have a good defense. They have a very good defense actually. If you watch that bowl game, they uh who they played that bowl game. Um, oh shit! I forgot who it was. The
0: I don't owner. even know.
2: I, I do not. Wisconsin. All I know is they I didn't win. hear Wisconsin that much about
0: the, the turnover year. chain.
1: They played Wisconsin for the second year of the row, and their defense played well. I mean, they were stopping them. Like, Wisconsin just had good field position. But, I mean, that was just a product of Malik Rozier not being able to move the football like he'd been doing all year. Not even
2: not even fundamentally being a quarterback is what it seemed like and sometimes. Mark
1: Rick, the self-proclaimed QB whisperer, couldn't even do anything with him. I mean, that kid. To be
0: fair, when you look at Martell and his decision to go to Miami, though, this is a kid who his senior year had the QB one documentary there, tracking every move. He, I mean, he's kind of used to the bright lights and he wants to be the star of the show. And I think he'll get the chance to do that in Miami because he's going to be able to run that offense however he wants. Oh
1: yeah, he's going to love it down there. I mean, that is that's his territory. Like that's his kind of spotlight. Like you know, I mean, he had that spotlight at Ohio State, but shit, Miami you're you're yeah i don't know
2: well i may be in the minority here but i think it is a very risky move for ohio state to literally give the keys to their offense to justin fields a guy who yeah he has so much raw talent and potential and yeah we we saw some flashes of that this season at georgia but honestly he didn't really show me anything to prove that he could be a prolific quarterback in in the SEC, let alone uh, Ohio State's conference, uh, he it just seemed like he would panic whenever like the pocket would break down, which is what he was supposed to be good at, which was scrambling and finding the open man. Oh, yeah. I I just think it's very risky for Ohio State to literally just say you're our guy after having such a small sample size to choose from in his freshman year. I agree. Year.
1: I agree. But I mean, I think I think on the other hand, I think Justin Fields is going to be one hell of a player. <laughs> And, like, his potential is through the roof. And I wish he would have stayed at Georgia, taking a retro this year, or I don't even know. Like, he could have waited another year and played his, possibly his junior. But, yeah, like you said, he didn't really show me anything his freshman year. Like, he had that one good game against UMass. But, I mean, that's against UMass. Like, that's, UMass, not, right. that's not like a high-profile program. Like, you're going to be playing in the Big Ten, and I use high-profile loosely. Um but, yeah, the way he goes through his progressions is he seems like a kind of running Chuck kind of kid, you know.
0: And to yeah, be, that, to be fair much. to Ohio State and, you know, giving the keys to their offense, Justin Fields per se, you got to look at what Dwayne Haskins did in his first year as a starter there this year. This is a kid who sat on the bench after being very highly touted out of high school, and he comes in and pretty much solidifies the spot as a first-round draft pick.
1: Yeah, but how long was Haskins there? He was there for three years? was he a retro sophomore or junior
0: I don't know but he was long enough he was there long enough to learn that offense to be fair but Justin Fields in Ohio State's offense which for a quarterback is heaven with the playmakers that they have yeah Justin Fields is oh, definitely, he's he's definitely. loving this right now It's
1: definitely a downgrade though going from Georgia with the playmakers in my opinion
2: Yeah I think I think if he had established his legacy for his home state and stuck with Georgia, and maybe potentially won a national championship down the road. Then, I mean, yeah, Ohio State's always going to compete for championships, and it looks like Georgia's going to be there all the time. But I feel like, from a legacy standpoint, it would look it would look golden if he had stuck at uh, UGA yeah. and won Dwayne, a national championships Dwayne championship here.
1: There for three years. So, I mean, he did come in right away. His I think it was his redshirt sophomore year, so technically a junior. But you're putting. Like, your hopes on this kid who has hardly learned the offense, it's going to take him one year to learn the offense, barely played at Georgia, barely has any experience, and hope he's going to take you right to the playoffs. I mean, which he very well could because it's the Big Ten. But, I mean, other than that, like, it's that's it's a lot. That's a lot to put on a kid's shoulder.
0: shoulders. But if you are Ohio State and you are going to, you know, throw your keys to the offense on one guy, it doesn't hurt that that guy was – you know, the number one quarterback in his class That's and good. has tremendous raw talent. Not to say he's going to come in and win the Heisman his first year, but he has a very good chance to succeed in that offense. Well,
2: I, I saw the Heisman odds for next year, and they have Fields and Fromm with identical odds to win the Heisman next year. <laughs> That's funny.
1: Speaking about Heisman, let's talk a, let's talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. The dual, dual sport mm. athlete, Kyler Murray, revolutionizing, transcending sports. Choosing football. What does that say about the MLB?
0: Here's my take. Oof. I saw the other day that if Kyler Murray is the 32nd pick in the NFL draft, which is the last pick of the first round, mm-hmm. he gets a $5 million signing bonus, which pretty much equals what he got from the A's and $10 million guaranteed for his contract. Yeah. So he's pretty much saying A's didn't give me enough money, or he's saying – I love football, that's been my passion my whole life, and I'm gonna, you know, risk my baseball status to go ball out in the NFL.
1: Well, the thing about the thing about that is I, you hear a lot of people saying that why don't you take the baseball money, baseball money's more, but I mean there's no there's no guarantee that you make it in the MLB. Like you start out in the minors and you're barely making any money. Yep. Like you start out with that nice signing bonus, but you get about the same signing bonus when you're in the like drafted high in the NFL. So
0: And to be look, right. perfect example, Brady Aiken. Yep. Remember when he was exactly. the first overall pick in the MLB draft? Exactly. He got that big money. Got hurt. Had to come back and get drafted again. And there's, yeah. And, there's no guarantee. And what's You he have doing? to
1: make it to the second contract to make a lot of money in the MLB.
0: Yep. I mean, look at look at Ronald Acuna right now. Ronald Acuna put up 4.4 WAR in his rookie season, not even a full season, yep. and he's on rookie salary, making 600K, I believe it yep. is now. Or you have to make. And it to he's arbit- already the second best the player on his team.
1: But even then, it's not a guarantee.
2: Here's, here's my thought on the Kyler Murray situation. I don't know if I'm speaking for a large group of people, but I would love, which would be insanely hard nowadays, if he would just maybe do what Dion did and play baseball and football. Yeah. I don't know how hard that actually was for Dion. But I think I think there was that stat that Dion what what he scored a touchdown and hit a home run in the same day or something.
1: Yeah, he um like I, that happening
2: today would be, I mean, I just I, think I just that would think be we're in a one different era. Yeah, we are in a different. Era. I don't think that would fly if, here. I
0: don't think you could do that.
2: That
1: would be t- it would be t- especially with. The work,
2: it would be tough because the worth the work ethic and what is expected of like an MLB and an, an NFL player has has risen in recent years so. I would. I think it'd be really interesting to see if if Kyler can make it in the NFL, and if he doesn't, if he's just gonna use baseball as like a, a backup. Well, player. Kyler,
1: I mean, it's not like people talk about Kyler like he's some next baseball prodigy, but he hit like under 300 at Oklahoma in college with metal bats. Like he's not yeah. like he's good. He's got tools, but he's not a first round draft pick. You know? Yep. In yep. his right.
0: his first full season, 2018 season, he hit 296 yeah. with 10 bombs. Yeah.
1: He's not, like, some kind of god. Like, I would understand but, if he's, like, some kind of god on the baseball field. Like, the next, I don't know, next stud, next Chris Bryan or something. But I, he's not. Like, that's not what he's projected to be.
0: This this kid, Kyler, he, he looks like a Jose Altuve, but asking someone like that to hit like that mm-hmm. is a different story. I mean, this well, – I mean, and – College baseball, like you said, with metal bats, he hit two ninety six, drove in forty seven, had ten homers, and what was twenty six extra on bases base? altogether? three ninety eight, which isn't terrible.
2: That's pretty. I that's mean, his OPS big. was how very know, high. His OPS was .954. I don't know
1: why the A's took him.
2: Well, let let me let me ask you this: There was a lot of speculation, but do you think he made the right decision?
1: Yes, and then here's why: Because quarterback in the NFL is the most desirable. I think job in the entire world, like you, like football is king in America. Like, I'm sorry, like you can debate that all you want, but it's true. Football is king, and being the quarterback of an NFL team puts you in the spotlight for everything, right? Like you look at guys like Matt Flynn or all these like backup like uh, Chase Daniel. You have you put up one good game as a backup quarterback, you're set for life. Remember Matt Flynn's game? Was it against the Vikings when he played for the Packers? And that got him a job when he threw for yeah. like
0: 350 yards. Perfect example, Brock Osweiler.
1: Uh, uh, Look at what Brock did. He Fitzpatrick.
0: He got a huge contract and then turned to nothing. Dude, yeah. And
1: quarterback has to be the best position in sports. Especially like if you and then if you don't make a backup quarterback is like the least demanding position because they throw you in the game. You're like like okay, we're expecting to lose, but if you can do something, that's great. You know.
2: And then you got to think about how all this talk about like injuries in football and how serious like m- their like mental health is after playing football. Like quarterback, as as much action as they get, is not as yeah. not as dangerous not. as being like a running back, wide receiver, linebacker. Especially it's, with all the rules. So I think I think Kyler's make yeah. yeah. I think he Kyler's making the right, the right choice. I mean, he's too. gonna he's and gonna get a baseball. shit ton of money either way. I love okay, let
0: me ask you all yeah. another question then. If you're if you're Cliff Kingsbury and you just came into a new team, you're sitting on the first pick, you have Josh Rosen who was a stud out of college you drafted last year, and there's been talk of Cliff saying Kyler was his quarterback when Cliff was still in college coaching. If you're Cliff sitting on that number one pick, are you trading Josh and taking Kyler or are you sticking with Rosen?
1: I'm
2: sticking with Rosen. Here's I If somebody's willing to listen to, to offers for Rosen – the thing, the the problem with all these NFL teams that keep being that are just terrible year in and year out is the fact that they keep drafting quarterbacks and the quarter. Honestly, recently quarterbacks has been one of the like hardest to pick positions. Like these guys thinking that they're just gonna come out of college and be a stud, but honestly, these these guys need to realize that they need to draft other positions of need instead of just relying on that one position to to get them over the hump.
0: Yeah. Well, in all fairness to the Cardinals, this isn't a team that's that far removed from success. I mean, they have a tremendous defense. They've had some bad luck with David Johnson's injuries. and But, I mean, a couple of seasons ago, Cardinals were a team to mess with, you know. And they just yeah, get yeah. – un- I mean, yeah. NFL teams get unfortunate. That's how it happens. Look at the yeah, Falcons this year.
1: I think the Falcons, Falcons – Falcons, Falcons are at 40-1 to 1 odds right now for the Super Bowl. I think if I'm taking a value pick, bias aside, I think the Falcons are a great pick. In the Super Bowl. Yeah. Sure I don't think Falcons are value. doing anything. Forty to one odds.
0: Without investing in that O line, though.
1: You hardly lost any talent from that Super Bowl team. Who'd you lose? Robert Alford. That guy's the most penalized cornerback <laughs> in the league.
2: The worst cornerback in the league. I he will, sucks. I will go to my grave he saying sucks. that.
1: And then, like, like how much? Like, who'd they lose from that team? Uh, you need offensive linemen. I will say that they need offensive linemen. They don't need to draft anyone other than an offensive lineman with their first pick, unless freaking Josh. They Allen. need
0: a defensive tackle to go with Grady. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, you also need to, you also need to sign a bunch of people, but. <laughs> and you have
0: Vic Beasley sitting in that end spot, and that's not good. Yeah. Soaking up twelve million dollars.
1: Yeah, they need to cut Vic.
2: Well, with with them cutting Alford, do you think that means they're relying on uh, their? Second-round pick last year, Isaiah Oliver, to just step Isaiah in and start Oliver. right away. They, do you think they didn't draft
0: – they did not draft Isaiah Oliver for him to sit the bench. i no, tell you that.
1: That, kid's that a player. That kid is a player.
0: That yeah. kid is definitely – and you have Brian Poole who's been balling out. He's going to go in that nickel spot and he's going to thrive, especially when you have Ricardo Allen coming back from injury, Keanu Neal coming back from injury. That secondary Jones is nasty. So, what y-
1: are y'all's – Deion mean? Jones probably the what quarterback. What are y'all's, predictions? What oh, are y'all's predictions for the Falcons this offseason, who they're going to sign, and then who they're going to draft?
0: Man, if they don't draft an offensive lineman, this offseason was a bust.
2: I, I think I think they're definitely gonna go O line with that first draft pick. Yeah. Um and I'm hoping maybe another free agent uh O lineman, just like a veteran guy that you know can come in and
0: Well let's like... let's look who's locked in. You got Jake Matthews at left tackle, he's going nowhere. Alex, Alex Mack, Mack at Max center, he's going nowhere. The guard spots that's that's a different question. I mean, I'm, that's, that's assuming same, Ryan Schrader is adequate at right tackle this season.
1: That's saying, that's that's. Mm.
0: I don't know if you can that's depend on them. that, but the yeah. interior of that offensive line, other than Mac, obviously, is very questionable.
1: Um, I think I agree. I agree. I think they should take an offensive lineman in the draft, but I also think there's something to be said about signing an offensive lineman in free in free agency because you get a guy who's already established. You don't have to worry about. A bust in like the draft. You take an offensive right. lineman in, in the draft and worry about him busting. You could take, you and could sign a stud offensive lineman in free agency and then go after a defensive end um, in the draft. You know, right?
2: And that's if if you do sign a free agent, that tells Falcons fans that that last year was just not our definitely not our year. We had a lot of bad injuries that tanked our season, and that. Signing in that free agent would would tell Falcons fans that yeah we're we're here and yeah. we're we're ready to make another I mean, run of the got Super a Bowl. And Demi-
1: on that team.
0: Dimitrov's already taken steps towards it too. I mean, getting rid of both your coordinators, letting Dan Quinn call the plays on defensive side, which is what got him the head coaching job is, in the first place from his days in Seattle.
1: Yeah, which is what should have happened. You do, you from day do need one, to sign obviously. Gritty Jarrett. He's a free agent. Yeah.
0: I don't think I don't you really released guess. Matt Bryant to not re-sign Grady Jarrett. Yeah, or they could, uh, probably one of the most consistent kickers. Go in after
1: uh, what's his name, Earl Thomas. He's a free agent. I that's... don't like
0: that. Ric- Ricardo Allen's a hell of a free safety. You
1: need you do you need depth. We saw that this year.
0: Yeah, Earl Thomas isn't going to be a depth salary signing yeah, though. True. Earl Thomas is going to sign to want to play.
1: There's not a lot of stud right. offensive linemen in, in free agency this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk a little about. So we're based in Athens. We're Georgia students. So. We're going to talk a little about Georgia football, Georgia's recruiting class this year. What do y'all think? I mean, it's pretty pretty easy to have yeah, an opinion on how Georgia did recruiting this year.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's get Blake on the phone. All right, so we have uh, Blake Morgan on the phone. Uh, up front, I want to apologize for the quality of the call. We got Blake on speakerphone here. But we were uh, just talking about you know the free agency of college football, um, and Georgia just wrapped up their – 2019 recruiting class uh, got the number one ranking in the nation for the second year in a row. Um, and Blake, what we're asking you, what do you think? Who do you think is going to come in and maybe make an immediate impact or maybe even start next season?
3: Uh, when you look at it from top to bottom, I mean, Georgia, this, this class is, is different from uh, last year's class in a way because we're losing a lot of talent this year. Um, well, actually, I mean, we lost a lot of time last year too. But as far as like the defensive line goes, we'll have a lot of guys that can step step right in. I think Trayvon Walker can play right away. Yeah, um, he actually he he actually he's uh he lives like ten minutes down the road for me. Um, but I think Trayvon Walker, I think Clay Webb maybe can can uh, step right in. I don't know if I think him and Trey Hill battle it out for center. I don't That's know if center. he's even gonna play center. Yeah. Um. I think N'Kobe Kobe Dean is another name that, that can step right into
2: play, um, and then I mean you can just pick your poison at wide receiver. So yeah that that in, the inside linebackers last season for Georgia was a big uh, big weakness and sh- had a lot of inconsistent play. You know with like the supposed leader of that uh, that linebacking room of N- Natrez Patrick and he was maybe one of the worst players on the field at times. If I don't yeah. even know if I don't, I don't know if y'all agree, but I think he had. Just a terrible season. What we were lacking was leadership there, and he he did not help in that regard. So I really think Dean would be one of the guys to look forward to this this uh, this fall. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, Kobe Dean is obviously one of the smartest recruits. I've uh, probably this one of the smartest recruits in this class. Like you listen to that dude talk and then his interview on ESPNU saying, "What do you want to be like a an architect?" Yeah, and, I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Blake, but like an architect and doctor yeah, like or something. He had a yeah, four seven GPA, I believe. The kid, yeah, the kid is smart, I and mean, that's what you need a linebacker, too.
2: Yeah, and then Roquan, when we had, I mean, Roquan was, you, you know, immediately you, you want to draw comparisons to Roquan with N'Kobe Dean, yeah. with the uh, the football IQ as well as, you know, the just the book smarts. He, he seems like he might be, like, the the guy on this Georgia defense for maybe the next couple of years. Very exciting to see. You
0: know, Blake, you, uh, you mentioned that the wide receiver position was kind of up for grabs. What are your thoughts on the... Last second Pickens switch over from Auburn. That's huge. I mean, uh, I hope he's eligible. Apparently, he's, he's,
3: <laughs> yeah. you know, he might be JUCO. Uh, but if he is eligible to play, I mean, it's hard not to see him start day one. Honestly, I mean, the guy's—he's a freak athlete. He's—he's he, he's not as uh, as fast as you hope he is, but I mean, he's standing six four, six five. He's a big body, wide receiver, pushes people around. Um, he, he's a huge addition I mean you can tell by Auburn fans reactions how big of a player like how big of a recruit he was I mean they wanted him bad and, and you know just if you hop on Twitter and see the reactions they were pretty pretty frustrated to lose him which I mean it's a five star and, and they're always tough to lose but
1: yeah especially uh, if you're yeah. Auburn it's tough to lose a five star yeah for sure Shit.
3: but um and, and he was committed two
1: years and, yeah know, that's the crazy part, part I think point. um, um I, what he's guy. A, he's a huge pickup. He is. He's, a, he's He could be a day one starter if he's eligible. While we're on the subject of water receivers, I want to talk about Dominic Blaylock right now. It's a guy that's kind of like been looked over. I feel like since he's committed for so long, and just kind of stays out of the spotlight. But I think that I think he's one kid that steps in to the Godwin role and produces better than Godwin did last year.
3: For sure, I was about to say that he, he reminds me a lot of Terry Godwin. Um, very similar players. Uh, and he's 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 one of those guys, you know. He, uh, he committed to Georgia, and that was it for him. He didn't take any official visits or any of that. So he's 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 the ideal dog that you want to have on your roster. And, and like I said, he reminds me a lot of Terry Godwin. So
1: yeah, I like watching him in the um, Army All American Bowl was yeah that was exciting. No,
2: I was about to say, I think I think a lot of Georgia fans and a lot of like national media outlets even kind of forgot about Dominic Blaylock, and then. Where they were like, oh, okay, well, this kid's playing in the Army All America game. Let's let's you know tune tune in, and he the kid scores three touchdowns, two receiving, one passing, yeah. I believe. Because um, he committed, you know, he committed like
3: I said, and he didn't take any more official right. He Shut it down, and so people just yeah, people forgot about him.
4: Which
1: is yeah, that's which pretty, is unheard pretty, of. Yeah, pretty crazy in nowadays yeah. game to just kind of just kind that's of shut it down. Yeah, he, he
3: shouldn't have lost his fifth star either.
1: No, no, he should have. I mean, it's not like it really matters, but I agree. I don't yeah, think Yeah, but means,
4: yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Dwan Mathis a little bit. I mean, this is a kid that we're kind of resting our hopes on here in the future. But I mean, I like him from what I've seen. I think he's raw. I think he needs to get a little bit better throwing the football. I know Jake Fromm said he likes him a lot from what he's seen from him mm-hmm. early enrollee. But um, just give me your thoughts on Dwan Mathis. He, he was the still of the class he really was,
3: he was overshadowed because of the whole Justin Fields thing which, you know, he didn't deserve that I mean, the guy has all the potential in the world when you look at him, he's 6'6 he, he's a he's a dual threat quarterback he's not a pro style, he's dual threat and um, at 6'6 so that's, you know, pretty crazy but he, he's he is a still, he really is top 10 quarterback um, like I said the whole Justin Fields thing's overshadowed him which, you know he did, he did not deserve that, but he, he's, he's the quarterback of
2: the future as of right now. So, God forbid, next year, Fromm goes down with an injury. Who Who's going to be under center, Mathis or Stetson Bennett? Uh,
3: I think time will tell. You know, we've seen Stetson Bennett before, but um, there's been rumors of maybe Mathis redshirting um, right. along those lines. So, you know, time will tell. But, you know, like I said, we've seen Stetson Bennett before. He's he's a lot of a lot of hype has been in Stetson Bennett, but you know, we've never really get, got to see it translate to the field yet. But um you know, I guess time, time will
1: tell on that. Yeah, I'm hoping it's Stetson. Stetson's a good buddy of mine. I he's a good kid too. Um but that's that's kind of a that's kind of a big deal that people forget about having that third scholarship quarterback on roster, not just to have safety in the from, but also to have another kid to throw the football to the receivers.
2: And to to just compete, to just compete with the other quarterbacks day in and day out. And I know we were talking about Ohio State and the fact that Justin Fields is over there, and I don't exactly know their situation, but when I'm thinking about it, I, I can't think of, I mean, Justin Fields obviously on scholarship. Who else is on scholarship and quarterback there?
3: I, I, they don't have anybody that I think that is over uh, a
1: sophomore. That's Fields. So I think they have like three freshmen. I think one might be a red shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, don't know. I really don't. They're I really, walking into I mean, Justin Fields out being eligible, saved their whole season. So. They're walking into a dangerous situation there because if Fields doesn't produce, because we don't, I mean, we don't know what Fields is yet. I mean, we, he he had his moments at Georgia. Thought he played pretty well in the UMass game, but I mean, it's UMass at the same time, but. We also don't know if this kid can get through his progressions correctly. We don't know if he can read a defense. He might just be a run-and-chuck kid. Like I think at the end of the day, he'll achieve his potential and be a stud. But, I mean, he's got to learn an entirely different offense in one year and live up to the expectation that Ohio State fans have for him.
0: Right. Before we jump back on the Justin Fields talk, let's backtrack a little bit back to the class and talk about one guy who's the antithesis of overshadowed, and that's Nolan Smith, you know, number one player in the nation – Freak of an, I mean, freak of an athlete. He, right. This guy is big. This guy is fast. This guy has an amazing first step. And, you know, what are your um, expectations for Nolan Smith coming into a already loaded D-line and edge rush class for Georgia? Mm-hmm. What are <laughs> well, thoughts? yeah,
3: that's the thing. Like, we're, we're losing DeAndre Walker, uh, Jonathan Ledbetter inside, you know. This this defensive line class I mentioned earlier, I mean, it's it's going to be the center point for years to come. I mean, I think it was seven players we signed, uh, defensive end, defensive lineman combined. Uh, and, you know, Nolan Smith, Nolan Smith, Jermaine Johnson, they can come in and be that one of starters for sure. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are already there that we signed last year and the year before that, you know, we're going to give them, you know, competition, but... Um, when you when you got a guy like Nolan Smith, I mean, it's hard to see him not tripping and right run away. But I've heard a lot of, of, of high
1: praise about Jermaine Johnson too, a one Juco player. So we'll, we will see. Yeah, what um in my opinion, or what I've observed over the years, or since Kirby's been here, is one thing that sets Georgia and Bam apart is the defensive line play. And I think that's a hump. That's a, personally, I think it's a hump we need to get over if we want to win a national championship. But what gives me goosebumps. Looking at this Georgia team, is the pass rushers we have on this team? I mean, you got Brenton Cox, you got um, what's the kid from Marietta's name? Uh, Z's, yeah, Aziz Ojolari. You got Jermaine Johnson, who I think is going to be incredible. You got, we uh, just talking about him, Nolan Smith. You got all these Robert Beal, Walter Grant, Adam Anderson. God, Adam Anderson, yeah, holy. He's God. outside linebacker, I think, but he's, he's still on he's got his hand on the ground sometimes. I mean. so. God, the, the the pass
0: rushes we have on this team, the talent is – it's it's peak Bama level. I mean, if this Georgia defense somehow does struggle in the next season, it wouldn't be for a lack of talent. That's for damn sure. Mm-mm. Right.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> All right, I'd say we uh, jump into a little men's basketball, which is not the best place to be in for a Georgia fan. I know Blake was just watching the Georgia-Texas A&M game. Um. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, so I, I guess my question for you is, what is happening right now with Georgia basketball? Just,
3: I don't even know, like, it's, it's just, it's embarrassing and bad to watch. Um, this team has no identity, they just turn the ball over, it's just, it's, hor- it's horrible basketball. Some of these guys care, and, and you can see that, but some of these guys just don't care. You know, it's, it's a great divide
1: right now. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's just not a good team right now. There's no there's no talent on this team, aside from classes and Hammond. And, and even they're not using their full potential. Claxton no. had a good night tonight, but, I mean, they've been so inconsistent all year. And it's just – it's unfortunate, but you, you
3: just know uh, – you know, it, it comes down to guard play. It's our guards that is the reason why they can't, you know – Release their full potential, in my opinion. Um, we don't have a true point guard, and and that's that's the reason why we're turning the ball over seventeen times a game. I mean, you watch Deshaun Hightower come down the court, and he, he just throws the ball away as soon as you know he gets past half court. So it's 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 bad to watch right now. It really is.
0: Speaking of no talent on the team, what are your thoughts on Tom Crean's comments?
3: You know, I think it, I I I'm not gonna say I don't. Disagree with him, but I'm not gonna say I, I agree with him either because you know he, he probably should have said it a different way. But I was hoping that maybe it would have lit a fire under him. But
1: after tonight, it, it you know it's just they don't give a we shit. We just lost the third worst
3: team in the SEC. I mean, we're the second worst, but but still, you know, it, it's just I don't I don't blame him because I mean he, he just lost his mom. He's got a lot of you know this season's a train wreck. You know, he just he just let it all out in a press conference and I, I don't blame him for it but you know, these players I, I was talking I'm not gonna tell you who I was talking to, but I was one of the former players messaged me on Twitter and told me about this the brotherhood that the the, the, the current teammates have and, and they were really, really upset about it a lot, were you know, contemplating transferring. And I don't know if, if it was a strategy I don't know what Crean was thinking but you know it is what it is now.
1: I don't, yeah, I understand his frustration, but at the same time, that's not something you need to say publicly.
3: It's not, and he did address it. He, you know, he addressed it, and apologized internally, and that's how you should do it. But you know, I yeah. think I think fans were were kind of you know frustrated about it. I, for one, I was okay with it. I
2: don't think you should throw your your players under the bus like that. But he needed to to. Say something. At least try something different because what's been going on yeah, in the last sure. month or two has not been not been working.
3: Absolutely.
2: Well, but you know what? One positive is we we keep selling out Stagman. These
1: fans that they're, they're they're still packing Stegman, and that's something to take away. Yeah, I mean, at least for me, I I go for Crean because I respect the hell out of Crean. I love Tom Crean, but mm-hmm. it, it's tough. It's tough basketball to watch. Um,
0: it is it really is. Looking past like all this misery of the 2019 season, you know, UGA just got a big boost with Anthony Edwards. You know, maybe the biggest commitment in Georgia basketball history, probably the biggest commitment. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, definitely. What do you think about Anthony Edwards' play and you know what he can bring to the dog squad next year?
3: Man, w- when I was watching that announced me yesterday, I, I was like shaking. I mean, it was it was exciting and nerve wracking It was it's been something that I've been waiting to see. I haven't been through the struggle that some of these fans have been through watching Georgia basketball struggle since, you know, Dominique's been here. But I've been watching Georgia for 10-plus years now, and, and I've waited for this kind of moment. And Anthony, he's going to contribute from day one. He's going to be a one-and-done, most likely. A lot of people compare him to James Harden mm-hmm. uh, once he once he gets on the court. And he doesn't have a lot of holes in his game. He's an all-around player. He's You know, he's 6'5". He shoots uh he's got a great shot um but he he's it's
1: exciting i mean next year is going to be a very special season do you think he will do you think he'll run point next year
3: uh part of me. I, I don't i think he probably will i think if we don't get a grad transfer a point yeah. guard cuz i don't think we're going to it doesn't look like we're going to sign a point guard this class we have one more spot but if unless we get a grad transfer um <clears throat> he probably will
1: I mean, next year you got you got some talent on that team. Next year, I mean, if he doesn't run, if he does end up running point, you got him and Claxton and Hammonds. Those are three guys you could, two at least, one guy will go in the first round. Claxton, possibly Rayshon, We don't know. We'll see. But um, I mean, you got some Can talent the on that team. Hand. You want the ball in his hands, but you you don't want him running
3: around circles as shooting guard, just waiting to get the ball either. Yeah. You know while we while we turn the ball over. So
1: I still think I mean I still think Tyree Crump's pretty damn good point guard. He is, and and and, you know he maybe he's missing a player like Anthony Edwards or something. I don't. You know maybe maybe
3: that's what it is, but I definitely would rather have Tyree at point than anybody else. Turtles he's 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 turtles the best at not turning it over. But he's just so damn slow. Just you know, he, he lives by his name. He just holds the ball there, and waits till you know the the shot clock's about out.
1: Yeah. But I mean, that's something you can also you can also work on that. But, yep. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what he's had. He's, had, he's had
0: four years of doing. It and yeah. He's Never done it. Yeah, that's what's good about Edwards coming in. You know, you got a ball handler coming in to where you don't have to say Tyree's the best at not turning it over. You know, you never want to start a player based on a, like based on that fact. You know? Yeah. Definitely.
1: I mean, if you can get a guy to feed it to Claxon, the guy who can spread the floor like uh, Edwards, I mean, got potential next year. Hey, I mean, they're, they're comparing him
3: to James Harden, and Harden just, you know, just dances on people and hits threes. So yeah. if, if he wants to do that, drop thirty
1: points again—that's fine with me. Exactly. I mean, they—they they got potential to be a tournament team next year. I think they
3: do. They do. Then they got two four stars outside of Anthony Edwards coming in too, and we'll have room to sign one more. So it's—it's it's a lot of talent coming in.
2: And then what what are you hearing? I know we talked the other day, but what are you hearing about maybe a recruit following Anthony Edwards to Georgia or him recruiting a player to Georgia? What what have you been hearing about that? Well, there's a kid uh, from
3: IMG named Lester Queen Onus. something Queen Onus. Um, yeah. And apparently, you know, he, he's got Georgia in his top seven, and Anthony Edwards really wants him to <clears throat> come to Georgia, and and. You know, I really like the, the chances of it now. Um, we got we got some competition there. You know, he's got some good teams in the top seven, but I like I like the chance, especially because he's you know Florida's not far away. The other guy is uh, a guy named Precious. I don't know how to pronounce his last name either, but he's he's from uh, the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a five star. He's a five star, and that's who Anthony Edwards. Um, You know, he called him out as soon as he signed. He said, you know, I'm going after these two guys. and A four-star and a five-star. So, well, maybe we can land the Lester kid. I'm more, you know, better chance on him than the other guy. Um, But if neither of those work out, I I really think that we'll go after a graduate transfer point guard. Yeah,
0: many uh, Georgia fans don't like to hear it, but it's with Anthony Edwards coming in and possibly more recruits falling, just getting really reminiscent of, you know, when Bruce Pearl comes in, just like Crean did, and Bruce Pearl came in and he got five stars, you know, he got Mustafa Heron, he got Austin Wiley, uh-huh. he's bringing yeah. Jared Harper and all these other guys in, and, you know, yep. they made NCAA tourney and made it the round of 32 for, I mean, they've been successful for the last three years.
3: For sure, and that's who I was, um, I tweeted about that the other day, you know, uh, Bruce Pearl was horrible his first year at Auburn. You know they were they were doing what Georgia's. Doing. I mean, not you know maybe not as bad as George's is right now, but they were having a below average season. <laughs> and then you know he's he's completely turned that program around the past two years. So it, it all it start. I mean, it, in basketball, in football, you can get away with it, but when it's when it comes to basketball, you know you have to have talent on the court. There's exactly. five guys. You know you gotta yep. have talent.
1: So do you think do you think Anthony Edwards committing sets a precedent for the future? Do you think it like kind of opens the door for? more recruits like the state of georgia and atlanta in the atlanta area more specifically to actually consider coming to georgia it all depends on how we do next year with him mm-hmm. you know if we go if, if we you know get 15 wins
3: next year you know it's it's not going to be as good as chances as if we made an ncaa tournament run you know like yeah especially because he's going to be a one and done so you have you have one season to prove hey you guys need to come here and, and you know we can we can do special things, but um, you know it all depends on. You can't have a year similar to this, which I don't think we'll have. I think we'll have uh you know a twenty twenty two win season next year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good He's a he's, he's a, a program changing type of player. He really is. We've been needing a guy like this for a long time.
2: All right, thanks, Blake. I think that's all we got
1: for you. Yeah, buddy. man, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. All right, talk to you later. See all right. Uh, thanks for Blake for coming on. As we said earlier, yeah, that kid is just about as close as you can get being an insider without actually being an insider. Um, follow him at Blake J Morgan on Twitter. Um, so let's get in a little bit, a little bit about MLB off season here. MLB upcoming. Or, or the lack
0: thereof.
1: Yeah, or the lack thereof off season. Seth, what are your thoughts on this uh, slow moving off season baseball?
0: Let me tell you something that makes me really mad. You have these two studs, obviously, in Harper and Machado, who are nearing contracts probably close to $300 million, depending on the years they get. And they will not sign. They're playing chicken. I don't think they're trying to sign until the other one has done it already. And then you add in the fact that the Real Muto sweepstakes took forever, and the Marlins, and Derek Jeter still didn't do their job correctly. And it's just very frustrating.
1: The system's broken. It's broken. And it pisses it's, me off. It's ridiculous. Because you look at sports like the NBA and the NFL, and their offseason is like a sprint. And it is so entertaining. It is so entertaining. Yep. You know, like
0: – You have offer sheets. You have teams line. matching them. Baseball everything. is a
1: sport stuck in the 1970s. It's ruled by a bunch of old white guys – who just haven't, who haven't caught up with the times. Yep. You can't wear certain cleats. You can't express yourself on a baseball field. You can't do any of this. And you can't even wear a
0: sleeve time. of your native country, it's as ridiculous. we've seen.
1: It's ridiculous. There needs to be a change. Something has to change, or else baseball is going to fall behind and eventually fizzle out. As much as I hate to say it, but it's it's probably it's it's the third most popular league in America right now. Get <laughs> it, it'll be probably it might be the fourth here soon. The thing
2: about baseball is is yes, it is it is outdated in a lot of its rules and a lot of its, you know, behind the scenes work. But I mean, some people think that within the next at least in our lifetime that football might not even be a thing anymore with all I mean, well, yeah. It yeah, might be yeah. football, but it will be like a different version of football that nobody's going to want to watch. But exactly. I definitely agree with you in the fact that baseball really does need to get back with the times and you know, like make some measures like these other sports are making making more interesting, like the, the the NFL though has gotten like really soft about, you know, the the quarterback hits and whatever, but if, if baseball doesn't get their act together in regards to like uh, pace of play and whatnot, then then it's it's gonna its viewership is definitely gonna decline. Yeah.
0: All right, let's
1: is king in this country.
0: Let's transition back to Bryce Harper. Alright, so Ballard, what Say you're a GM. Say you are the GM of the Phillies or the Giants or all the teams that have been in on him recently. What are you willing annually to give Bryce Harper?
1: What I'm willing to. Okay, so how old is he? Twenty six.
0: Yeah, he's he's mid twenties.
1: Mid twenties. Okay, so I'm giving him ten years, three hundred million. I agree. Front Maybe loaded fifty million. Because you can still. Joseph Erlander came out and tweeted it today. Said. Called baseball out and said, basically, says System's broken. You sign a kid for 10 years, 26 to 36 years old is still when they can produce. 36, I mean, 35 years old, what? Josh Allen says, what? 34? 35? 34, yeah.
0: Are you giving him a front loaded contract? Are you giving, them a yes, are you so giving them- him a
1: front loaded contract?
0: Okay. So, giving them first. Giving him a front
1: loaded contract. Yeah. Uh, and, and then just let it fizzle out towards the end. But, yeah, I'm giving him 10 years, 30 million.
0: I'm just I may be in the way minority here but I am not paying Bryce Harper to come in and hit 270 or no not 270 is a little high that's that's good for him. I'm not paying him to come in and hit 250 and you know hit 30 bombs. If I'm paying him 30 million dollars a year, he better come in and compete for the MVP every season.
1: Okay, you say that but I counter your point saying who gives a fuck about batting average? who gives an actual fuck about batting average this guy went on base percentage 393 slugging 496 ops 889 that's top 10 in the league
0: is it worth 30 million a year though
1: i mean at his age he had a 10 more season
0: what's Mike Trout getting right now or is he still in his uh, first deal
1: i think he's still in his first year uh, did the angels sign up to i think they signed him to an extension I mean, granted, he did have – he had 1.3 war last year. That's because he led the league in walks. He had 100 okay. walks.
0: Trouts on the books for six-year, 144.
1: I don't see why you don't get this kid And 300 million.
2: And then, but when you're also paying Bryce Harper $30 million a year, yes, you're paying for all the on-the-field – uh, all, all on the field attributes, but you got to keep in mind you're also paying for those off the field attributes. That clubhouse personality <coughs> you're gonna get all of Bryce Harper. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get half Bryce Harper. And I don't know if I'm willing to exactly pay thirty million for that, but it's it's a figured damn well. To
0: close. to be fair, if if I'm a GM and I'm in need of a shortstop and a right fielder, I'm taking Bryce Harper before I take Manny Machado. Yeah, no, I'm oh,
1: taking no Machado before I take Manny no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. No, no, no. Bryce Harper will sell you more tickets. I feel that Manny Machado will just because of his name.
0: But Bryce Harper
2: still grabs, I'd say almost twice as much headlines as all, Harper and Trout probably grab more headlines than, than both those guys.
0: I wouldn't say that. I would say the Astros youngsters coming up and winning the World Series that grabbed a lot of. To be as good as Mike Trout is to be the best player in the league, he is not talked about near enough as these guys that are asking for three hundred million dollars. Well,
1: yeah, that's true, but it's also because he plays on the West Coast. I think if or I think if Mike Trout played on. Red Sox, Yankees, any team here on the East Coast get more prime time views, and and, and the Angels aren't good either. I don't,
0: They've I don't believe that. Team, look you know, at, I, I mean, think that's,
1: I think that's a hundred percent of the reason. Look it's at, not hundred percent.
0: Puig, Yasiel Puig grabs so many headlines for the Dodgers. That's also because, the Dodgers, and he is
1: the Dodgers have been the World Series the past two years.
0: He is an average MLB outfielder.
1: That's uh, because the Dodgers uh, have been above average. The Dodgers have been an average, or the Dodgers have been the World Series the past two years. They're competing every year, so it's a combination of Mike Trout being both on the West Coast, where his games are at ten o'clock, where most people on the East Coast don't even watch it because they're asleep, and two because he plays on the Angels. And when was the last time the Angels made the playoffs? Couldn't tell you. It's hard. It's it's hard to market a guy who doesn't get a lot of eyes on him.
2: And I don't know if this is just me, but. If it was just me like, blocking out Boston media, but after the Red Sox won the World Series, I think they had their fun for a few days, had the parade, and then it seemed like everyone's focus shifted immediately to where the hell is Bryce Harper going to end up, and it just has not stopped since then.
1: No, it's just it's so slow, and it is not good it's, for the sport.
0: It's, it's just ridiculous how some teams have already had pitchers and catchers report, a good bit of them are having them come on Friday, and you still have the two biggest free agents, probably since Alex Rodriguez, still in the market. Right, when Arod get- signed his $280 million deal, he didn't wait until spring training.
1: No. Let's get, let's, well, also, I don't blame the players. I think it's Scott Boris' fault, but that's a whole other topic. Um, let's get your pred- predictions for Machado and Harper. What do you think they sign?
0: Machado, White Sox.
1: Okay. Harper Giant because of that because of an Instagram story the other day yesterday.
0: I don't think that the White Sox can compete without I mean look at the division they're in. The AL Central is stacked. You look at the AL Central right now other than like the Royals who weren't playing that well, but you come into the AL Central well, the with the Indians. The Indians are literally going to win that Central division every year.
1: Though? Is he, is It's it because- it's
0: Okay, Sox, when I say Tigers. stacked, you got to think that the Indians are winning that division every year. So you you're signing with the White Sox to be a wild card team pretty much.
2: I I if I'm putting money on anywhere for Manny Machado to go, it's I don't know, it's kind of a weird team to go to, but I think the Padres would be a great great fit for him considering that market in the West Coast. It seems like they love him over there, and I feel like I feel like he loves it there too. So I feel like San Diego would be a good place for him to go. And I think I think I don't know if it's all but wrapped up, but all signs, at least from what I've seen, are pointing to Bryce Harper going to Philadelphia for the, to play for the Phillies next year.
1: I think um, I think Machado goes to the White Sox, and I think Bryce Harper goes one of two places. I think he goes to San Francisco, or I think he goes back to Washington.
2: Ooh,
0: you're you're all out on the Philly train.
1: I don't think the Phillies are going to sign either of them. Maybe that's me being biased, but... I, I
0: think, think the Phillies either. went out and got Real Muto thinking they were going to get Harper. Imagine yeah. Real Muto and Harper in the middle of that lineup.
1: Yeah, no. If if Harper signs with the Phillies, it's over. With, it's over for the Braves. And then with
2: Herrera as well,
0: who let's killed a, killed the Braves last year.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the Braves, though. They're, they, they had a sprint at the beginning of the offseason signing Brian McCann, bringing him back, and then signing Josh Donaldson, who is who, while he was um, in Toronto, was the second-best player in the league behind Mike Trout. So you sign those two guys, and then... <coughs> have we even had a minor league signing since then? I think
0: I, I don't I believe more. they've done anything.
1: They have done anything. You hear these Real Muto talks all throughout the offseason, and then just nothing. Like, I understand. I like Anthopolis' kind of mystique behind it. You know, it just kind of keeps you guessing. But also at the same time, it, your, your first reaction is we're not doing anything. You have no idea if we're active or not. My thought is,
2: is is Anthopolis possibly waiting to raise the stock for some of these these big-time Braves prospects in the market and maybe waiting for some potential free agents no. next season?
0: Y'all well, have I, to think about the fact that Anthopolis is one of the most aggressive general managers Ever. And like in Toronto, he went out and got what he wanted when he wanted it. But when he comes to Atlanta and he's under this Liberty Media Terry McGurk regime and he's not given free reign to his own roster, you've seen how that plays oh, out. Yes. You go out and you signed two players that are over the age of thirty, nearing the end of their careers, and have done nothing else. You have you have one of the best first basemen, if not the best in the league with Freddie Freeman. You have young studs with Ozzy and Acuna, Dansby, and we'll see. And you go out and get Donaldson Felt the hot corner, but the bullpen is still lacking. The rotation needs an ace. Fulton I don't trust with being an ace. He's shown signs of it, but I don't trust him coming in, starting 25 games and, you know, doing what he needs to do.
1: That was going to be my next point because I agree with that 100%. I think the lineup as is right now is a – I think it's a lineup that can compete. But you see the common denominator with these teams that made it far in the playoffs last year was – a, strong bullpen, Brewers. Depth. Strong bullpen. B, they had an ace. Dodgers and Red Sox. You got Chris Sale and you got Clayton Kershaw. The Braves don't do anything if they don't have a strong bullpen or an ace. like uh, I mean, we saw we, it last saw, year, we saw it happen we saw in LDS. Basically the same exact roster go up against the Dodgers. And just look completely un- like overmatched. Like they yeah. They aside aside from
0: a score. Ronald Acuna Grand Slam, they did nothing in the NLDS mm-hmm. to show me that they're ready for no, a postseason. They, they honestly they have not done anything. They honestly
2: looks look a little scared, in my opinion, in that yeah.
1: NLDS. And maybe maybe it'll serve them better because they'll be a little bit older this year and more experienced if they do go back to the playoffs. But you need an ace, and you need a backloaded bullpen. And, and I mean, we, I yep.
2: mean, they're lacking some offensive talent as
1: well. Like. If, if you're a Braves fan right now thinking that
2: if you don't make another splash in free agency this offseason you think that you're going to compete for World Series next season, you're absolutely insane because you, you're not going to make a World Series with a Marquecas in your lineup, a Camargo, a Swanson. Yeah, they're good players, but you you need some more pop in that lineup if you're going to want to make a run at a I World think, Series. I
1: think that 1-2-3 that in your lineup with Acuna, Freddie, and Donaldson, I think that can compete with anyone in the league. But, like you said, if Ozzy doesn't learn how to hit left-handed, if Dansby did what he did last year or past two years and has hardly done anything, Camargo's a good player, but he didn't even have a hit in the playoffs last year.
0: Right now, I wouldn't even be comfortable saying the Braves finish even second. Look at what the Mets have done this offseason. No. Yeah, the Mets have I, gone out and got Robinson Cano, Jed Lowry, Wilson Ramos to be their backstop to platoon with Darno, who is an all-right catcher, like in his own right. And they got Edwin Diaz as well to close out that bullpen. The Mets right now have done an amazing job this offseason. Yeah. While the Braves can, have sat if back. They
1: stay healthy. If they can stay healthy, they they will the Braves will finish third. And then I to, still think we're better than Nationals, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't even know if we're better than the Nationals. Look at the Nationals' rotation right now. They signed Patrick Corbin to go along with Strasburg and Scherzer.
1: Yeah. I, and at the end of the day, like you said, it doesn't I don't think it's Anthopolis whatsoever. i it I not. to put it's my not. money on it's, Liberty. It's it's the regime. It's Liberty it's the Media. Regime. It has to be Liberty Media. And it the sale of the team could not come soon enough. We need like a rich, we need a billionaire to own this team that just doesn't give a shit and just throws his money around is like, "Okay, this is like a hobby for me," you know.
0: The Braves right now, if the Phillies, not the Phillies, if the Nationals bring back Harper or if Harper goes to the Phillies, are a fourth place team in my opinion. The Nationals brought in Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki, added Patrick Corbin, added Brian Dozier, and they still have Juan Soto and Victor Robles platooning that outfield. That's mm-hmm. that's beating the Braves.
1: Well here I want to be positive for a second about the Braves because this is like almost pretty much the same exact roster that won the NL East last year. So you still got a strong core and Cunha, Freddie, Ozzy, now Donaldson. So it's not like they're a team to be looked over, but what they're lacking is depth. You need you need depth, and I know Liberty Media probably has Anthopoulos handcuffed, but there are there have been like players on the board, free agent players that have signed for cheap. Look at Adam adevino signed with the Yankees. What was it, nine million dollars a year? That guy was one of the best relievers in baseball last year. What what? Why don't you why don't you contact him? I mean, yeah, maybe he wants to go pitch for the Yankees, but you can beat nine million dollars a year for one of the best bullpen pitchers in the league. Which is what uh, it blows my mind. Yeah, the Braves lacked. The, they lacked a lot of bullpen
2: depth last season. And to add to what you're saying about depth, you know, the Braves exceeded expectations last year and ended up winning the NL East. But what do you think their season looks like last year if a Freddie Freeman goes down with an injury? Because he's not exactly. necessarily injury prone. And maybe even if Ronald Acuna goes down hurt, because those are, those are undoubtedly the two, the two players you want in your lineup day in and day out. But what do you think the Braves season looks like last season if one of those two guys goes down for, you know, maybe 60, 80 days.
0: And to go back on your point, Ballard, you know, the Angels signed Cody Allen, who has been yeah, very that's, consistent. That's one guy I really want $8.5 $8. million one-year contract.
1: That guy was the one of the best closers in baseball two years ago, before he got hurt.
0: And then, and then like, all right, so what are your thoughts on a possible Kimball reunion in Atlanta?
1: I like it. I want If you're going to spend money, spend it on an ace reliever, an ace starter. The one so thing I love about the thought of
0: Kimbrel coming in is if Kimbrel comes in and fills that non-fitting role, that pushes everybody down. You have yep. Viz and Mentor with the seventh and the eighth. You have yep. Venners who oh – God bless Johnny Venners. I love that man.
2: Dan Winkler. Johnny
0: Venners coming in against lefties. Dan I, Winkler, I sure.
1: Think, yeah. The bullpen is good. It's not a bad bullpen. It's not a terrible bullpen. It's not an incredible bullpen. But I think adding Kimbrel is the one thing you need to absolutely solidify this bullpen.
0: And going back on that Donaldson signing, the one thing I love about that is Johan Camargo in a super utility role. Yes. Johan can do everything in the infield. They even have talks of him playing the outfield as well as with Austin Riley in spring training. Mm -hmm. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, But seeing Dansby and Donaldson patrol that left side of the infield, knowing that Camargo can come in. Whenever, that's going to be a side I to
1: wanna, Yeah, I want to talk about Johan for a little while because I think he's he's a very interesting player. Like, we were talking about this the other day, how we kept, as a prospect, you keep up with him, and it, he's a good hitter, he's got a good hit tool, but Strong he on. doesn't walk. He didn't walk in the minor leagues. Like, that was, like, the one thing that you're like, oh, shit, this guy's going to have a tough time in the majors. And also him playing in the outfield, his foot speed is – he's slow. Like, he's not fast. So, if he can get Com- a little bit faster.
0: Com- compared to the other left fielders we've had recently, <laughs> Matt Kemp, uh, he might he might do all right.
1: But, like, going back to Kamarga being an interesting prospect and what he's done in the majors has completely defied what he did as a prospect. He had a three forty nine on base last year. It's pretty, it's pretty good. I mean, Camargo definitely
0: surprised me last year. I'm, base, I would love to see him in this role.
1: Three fifty on base. He was a very average player. Slugged four fifty seven. So an eight hundred six OPS is a, that's an above average season.
0: And the so, one thing, one more thing that I love is you know, God forbid another Aaron Loop situation happens where Freddie gets his wrist hurt, and say you have to move Camargo to first base if he can play there. Maybe a Donaldson somehow goes to first base. Yep. I doubt it though, since his glove is so good at the hot corner. Yep. But you have a guy that you can just throw in there. And although he, he's not going to get anywhere near the production that maybe Freddie would have, I mean, he's he's a good player. He showed us that last year.
1: And while we're talking about, like, these utility players and Camargo, one guy I think that has been completely overlooked in the free agency is Marvin Gonzalez. This guy plays literally every position on the diamond except for catcher and pitcher. And I believe
0: signing Donaldson made him our Marvin Gonzalez, though.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm not saying the Braves need Marvin Gonzalez, like – he, like, we don't really need him, but he's a guy – like, how has he not been signed yet? Like, yeah. what, like who yeah. – who, who uh, it probably comes down to money, but who the hell in the MLB is not willing to pay for a guy that plays every position? Like, it, yeah. it just blows my mind.
0: Why Especially in today's day where, yeah. you know, so many shifts happen and the game's evolving, you know, yeah. all these defensive metrics coming in.
1: And it's not like he's a guy who plays every position and that's just what he does, like like a Charlie Culberson, like He's just a guy that you can fill in. Like He is a good player at every position. The guy can hit, yep. he can field, he's fast. I, I don't understand why no one signed him yet. Yep, Man, I, I could tell too you. He's expensive, but I, that, that's crazy to me. And Dallas Keuchel, too. Keuchel not being signed is one thing. It's the system's broken, and it's just so slow and such a pain in the ass for a baseball fan. All
2: right, what do what do y'all say we jump into a little uh, Champions League soccer?
1: Hmm. Okay. Tasty. So
2: earlier today, we, we watched uh, the Manchester United PSG game, um, which only only way to describe that would be a complete like the scoreline may not may not have uh, may not agree. But that game was a complete dumpster fire for Man United. If if you're a Man United fan,
0: and to make matters worse, Pogba picking up two yellows and being out the second leg.
2: Oh, if if that, Manchester United fun. manages to come back and advance to the to the uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League, you know that'll be on par with one of the, I don't know, on par, but it, it's it would be a phenomenal comeback and
0: it would be an upset for sure. But to to be dismantled the way they were by a PSG squad lacking a Neymar, lacking a Edinson Cavani, lacking a Thomas Mounier, that was tough to watch, especially on the hot streak that Old Gunner's been on with the Red Devils, and and at Old Trafford, mind you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't really know much about soccer, but I know Old Gunner is probably the best name in the entire
0: sport. Oh, <laughs> Gunner! Yeah, that
1: is so. Why is he Definitely. not? Why is he not the coach of Arsenal?
0: Why did Arsenal try? You know. To play you know, Maybe Unai Emery was too good of a name to pass up as well.
2: Unai Emery's not a bad name, but imagine Ole Gunner being the gaffer for the <laughs> Gunners. Um, yeah. Would just be phenomenal scenes over, over in London, wouldn't it?
0: Okay, Roma also beat Porto today, 2-1. I don't think that was anything out of the ordinary, out of what we expected. I think, I
2: think everybody was watching that game instead of the Man U PSG
0: game. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I would definitely agree. That was who wouldn't want to watch Roma Porto over Man U P S G, right?
2: Oh, agreed. And then, okay, so now we're on the, we're on the Champions League train now, and i I want to hear some Golden Boot predictions. Who's gonna take Who's gonna take home the trophy at the end of the uh, the Champions League final?
0: I think it all depends on if Bayern can beat Liverpool. Because if Bayern beats Liverpool, then Lewandowski is a lock for me.
2: Yeah, I think I think if Bayern does manage to get past Liverpool, it would be a lock. For Lewandowski, considering he is he is the guy. Like name, I can't name. I mean, I can name a striker for Bayern besides Lewandowski, but who are you going to play on Champions League match days other than Lewandowski? Um,
0: and to be fair, he is one of the top three f- best finishers. Lewandowski finishing, I, I would say he's the best. I still remember. Game. I still remember when he scored five goals in eleven minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
2: And I, I, th- like, if I'm predicting the Golden Boot right now, if if Bayern can beat Liverpool which i don't i don't think they can i think their form this season has been way too inconsistent to beat beat Liverpool but i i'm taking a Paulo Dybala from Juventus cuz that team is just rolling right now with Ronaldo he's already got 5 goals and he's he's honestly just a playmaker and a goal scorer he's born to score goals i think
1: why not why not Messi
0: Messi oof you see, you, you they don't have the toughest matchup with Leon. Leon's defense is definitely not it's, the best that Lyon has ever faced.
2: Lyon will some will surprise some people, but you can definitely never count Messi out of a Golden Boot race, especially uh, especially now when Barcelona are kind of starting to pick up pick up some some uh, good form after <coughs> you know maybe starting off the season not so great, but I think they're starting to hit their stride and. Um, you know, very hot take. Lionel Messi could win the Golden Boot. Well, for the very League. hot take.
1: I kind of can uh, compare Messi to Brady. Where he's just kind of so great that you just kind of overlook him. You know, every now
2: so, you uh, forget. He's just quiet. You he how just does his business. Is. You forget how great yeah. he is. And then you got the Ronaldo, more of a you know. You got Messi being the Tom Brady, kind of the quiet guy, just goes about his business. And then so, who, who to, would the Ronaldo be?
0: To To be fair, though. Messi or Ronaldo do not know how to pay taxes. That's one thing we can not say. That's true. That is true. And while we're on the uh, Champions League prediction train, I'm gonna go with some rapid fire. Y'all ready?
2: Ready. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Tottenham. Dortmund.
2: I Dortmund.
0: Dortmund. Ix Real. So banged up.
2: Tottenham. Yeah. Harry Kane out. Dele Alli out. Tottenham is so banged up. Dortmund, Dortmund. Dortmund may be in the best form in Europe at the moment. Um, yeah. Tottenham. It seems like Tottenham and Dortmund always end up playing in the Champions League at some time, but Tottenham has just shown that they are mediocre in in international play, and I think Dortmund will win this one. and I don't think it's going to be too close either.
0: All right, next matchup: Ix Real.
2: You know, you know, Real. This
0: this one's a dark horse pick for
2: this. Me. This one could surprise some people. You this, know, Real, this one could Real historically the best team in the champ- in the history of the Champions League. Ajax have got a you know a lot of playmakers on that team, and a lot of young talent, you know, and De Jong probably playing with a, a chip on his shoulder as he's going to make his multi-million dollar move to Barcelona in the summer. So he's he can win some fans early with some good performances in in these two legs against Real. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Real will will end up being the victors of of this this tie, but. Ajax can surprise some They'll definitely surprise Ix,
0: them. Ajax does have some young talent. I like that pick, Ballard. I think a good you, you got Tagliafico Fico at left back, who's playing very well. You have Ziyech, who is out of his mind this year. And the wonder kid at center back, Matthias Delict who is rumored to go to many top teams in the world. And, of course, the best name in Netherlands soccer, Onana in Goal.
2: Not even a Netherlands soccer. Well – you just put him next to old Gunner, but uh, if you put him next to old Gunner, I don't know who I'm taking.
1: Yeah, no, you got.
2: Uh, I think I'm taking old Gunner. Old Gunner, definitely.
0: All right, next matchup we got Lyon Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona. I think I know where this is Barca. going. Barca. We'll just skip that one. Yeah, All right, here's mm-hmm. the here's the tough one to call. Liverpool banged up, probably playing Fabinho and Matip at center back with Van Dyke out on suspension against Bayern.
2: Oof. You know early, earlier I said that Liverpool would win but you know when you keep bringing that back up to
1: me
3: ooh
2: Bayern are a very experienced Wait, why is,
1: team Why is Van Dyke suspended?
0: He picked up uh two yellows or he picked up too many yellows in the last round in the, in the group so, stages yeah. yeah
1: He's suspended for the, all f- the first game like, the first
0: just leg first game. Just, first game just the first game, game, the first game. game. Yeah Ah God, Bayern
1: he's like the he's like the glue of that team right I mean I don't really know no, I'm me if I'm wrong, no, he is I like he's definitely the glue. That him and that's... Salah. Shit.
0: That's that's gonna be tough, especially. But to be fair, for Liverpool, they do have that first leg at Anfield. They'll have that home stadium if, rocking as that, always in the Champions League. With
2: that depleted defense in that first leg at Anfield, if if Bayern can rack up two, maybe even three goals, that's gonna put. Regardless of how many,
0: oh, it'll be over. You know, Liverpool.
2: Liverpool have to basically match whatever Byron scores, or it might be over and Byron, in the first Byron's leg.
1: Bayern Byron's a good form too.
2: Bayern, they're kind, of, they're getting back to to their original form. Um, mm. that'll be definitely the the tie to watch for in the round of sixteen.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bayern because I watch Chelsea, who sucks, go into Anfield and beat Liverpool. Don't give me the bullshit excuse that. Liverpool a, had fucking people out because there's a cup and cup game. And and they came, hey, they came on. They still came on at the end, though. All those players came on, so don't do that. I'm switching. We'll
0: ignore that comment. I'm switching. We'll. You all are both going Bayern. I'm gonna go Liverpool on that one, but no, no we'll bias. We'll move on to the stoking. next match. Nope. Stoking, stoking, no, no stoking, bias. Uh, all right, Atletico and Juventus,
2: Juve, all the way.
0: Yeah, Juventus. Ronaldo.
2: Ronaldo. Ronaldo is the man for the Champions League.
0: Ibala, no Griezmann masterclass.
2: Uh, I'm not saying Ronaldo masterclass. I'm just saying he he just is going to be in every Champions League final. For uh, he's just going to be there in the end, definitely. Yeah. Let's
0: like, let's just, let's like just like hope if he does make it to the final, he faces Real and Sergio Ramos dislocates his shoulder. It's only fair.
2: Um, I just don't think Ronaldo would whine like a bitch. Like somebody else did last season. I don't know who I'm referring to.
0: Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't tell I you. Know. That. Only like the best right wing in the world. But we'll we'll uh, get y'all. Y'all both going Juventus for that one.
2: Yes. Yeah. What, what about All you? right. Let's go.
0: Sure? I'm gonna go. I'll go Juventus. I don't think Atletico can overcome that attack. No. Let's go on to probably the most one sided matchup in the round of sixteen: Schalke and Man City. Oof. Tough call. That's Weston, okay, hot, Weston, hot take, Man City advances.
1: Weston McKinney is going to ball out. American. Weston is going to have five goals. Your boy. And he's going to knock Man City out.
0: As a uh,
2: – I'm not going to say which team I root for.
0: I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we know. Which 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 club I support. But
2: um, if Weston McKinney were to score two hat tricks in both legs, I would still be okay. Let's put it that way.
0: All right, that that wraps up the Champions League predictions. I'm guessing you are both going Man City with a hot take. I
2: think I think so. Yeah.
1: Well, all right. Nah, who, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Schalke. Screw
0: it. <laughs> I like it. I like it, Valor. What, I like it. Write it whatever. down. Let's go. Well, who
2: who wins the Champions League? Oh. I think, I'm gonna go. I think Juve wins the Champions League. Finally gets over the hump with their main man Ronaldo at the front.
0: I say it's between four teams for me. I say it's between Man City, Juventus, the winner of Liverpool Bayern and Dortmund. Yeah, no no sense. no Barca? No Barca. I think Barca loses next round when they get past Lyon. And no Real. No Real. Real for me. Real for me, obviously they have the veteran leadership of Ramos. Honestly, and he's been there yeah. plenty of times, but they're they're just not the same team that we Believe it or not, I can't remember. Shocking!
2: I can't remember the last time a team not from Spain or you know Bayern won the Champions League. I don't. I
0: don't know. I, I
2: can't even come up with that stuff off the top of my head. <laughs> Liverpool, <I'm> two
0: thousand three. <laughs> I'm gonna go
1: Dortmund. I'm gonna go Dortmund.
0: You think Dortmund win it all?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Dortmund. Mm, cool. so I would I like love to my Americans yet purely purely the, the Vunderkins, jaden jaden sancho and Pulisic.
2: purely carries dortmund to a champions league final win and then goes to chelsea next year to hoist the premier league trophy
1: boom there you go write it, it down right out of my mouth. write it down and Hudson, Hudson, and Hudson-Odoi. right write it down take
2: it to the, <laughs> the bank
0: well uh everyone i think that Pretty much yeah. wraps up our first episode before for the undergrads.
2: Before we go, I did I did just find who last won the Champions League, not from Spain or Germany, and it was it was actually Chelsea in
1: 2012. Ooh. I didn't even know that. If
2: Wikipedia, if, <laughs> if 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 Wikipedia is doing me right, it was Chelsea in 2012.
1: Well, maybe that maybe that guy that writes all the uh, Wikipedia articles.
2: He's
0: listening. See
1: that article. He just well, did that for Ballard's sake. Yeah, yeah. he maybe he's a Chelsea. he's a
0: Chelsea fan, so he. Uh, just kind
2: of or maybe that. he's listening right now and he's uh, he's messing with our heads.
0: <laughs> if you oh, are I listening, appreciate right. the listen. Well, that Something
1: does it. That pretty much does it. Uh, appreciate y'all sticking out to the end if you're here. Um, yeah, first episode of the undergrads. Yeah. give us a follow. Give us
2: follow on Twitter at UndergradsPod. See you. Yep.
1: Undergrad at undergrad pod. All right. See ya.